Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. At 7 o'clock on Friday night, I want to hear about Mark Emmert unless he's bringing me a cocktail. All right? That's the only way. Pete Thamel. And poor Hugh Freeze, if you're cheating the system, don't admit you're cheating the system. That would be like being like... Laramie came here because we paid him 125 grand in cash in Georgia. What is- <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. I think I would probably go instead of Saliva Direct with Jiffy Spit, something like that. For the <laughs> and here's Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. Week later, they have not canceled all of college football yet. There may be some movement to positive developments. There are letters being written across the Midwest. Many letters. I don't know if the post office, I don't, I don't know if I can tell a post office joke. Don't mail them. Email. I don't, doesn't seem like they're mailing them, so that's good. I don't know how the post office is working. Petitions. There's everything. The Big Ten's decision didn't go over so well. Seems like the Pac-12, it's like, yeah, all right, let's go to the beach. Have not seen the amount of uh, angst out of the West Coast. No. Uh, I think there's been some in the mid in the Mountain West. But anyway, here we are, uh, still barreling ahead. And uh, kids are getting back to campus. There's your obligatory outbreak in this dormitory, stuff like that. You had Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, trying to implore people in Tuscaloosa to wear a mask. That was met <laughs> mixed Mixed results. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, my favorite part was Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama. So, I mean, you could pr- pretty much say the AD of the biggest program in the country. A, a, a undeniably significant individual in college football. Implores people to wear a mask. And I, I look under, I was, not, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Let's see what it says under his Twitter. And like half the people are blaming the media. I'm like, he's not in the media. <laughs> Stop blaming us. Of course. <laughs> this of is course. his opinion. I had nothing to do with it. We're the ones that lied to the ADs out there, Dan, to make oh, them buy this unbelievable <laughs> hoax. I don't care what they're wearing down in Alabama. Not my problem. I don't live there. I know imploring anybody to wear a mask isn't going to work. So he tried, but I don't... It's the media's fault. I'm like, he's not in the media. He can become in the. He'd probably do this podcast better than us, but it's a pretty. He's low got bar. a much better job than we do. <laughs> he's yeah. running Alabama. Anyway, tough break for him. So that's where we're at. What's the latest, Pete? We'll start with you. 
what are you what are you hearing? What I mean, do you think uh, anything has changed in your opinion over the last uh, since we last taped, which was uh, mid last week in terms of where we're heading? What has changed and what what hasn't or what has moved you or been interesting you in the last five days? Once the ACC, Big 12 and SEC very quickly set their paths forward. I don't, I don't think anything significant has really changed since then. I, I think Conference USA, if you, had to, if you had to handicap right now, who's feeling shaky? I think Conference USA is pretty shaky right now. But like, there's the political pressure of, okay, Conference USA is a bunch of schools in Texas. They've got them in Mississippi. You know, they've got them all in Tennessee. Like, they have them in all these states where everyone else is going to play. So like, they're, th- those presidents aren't dying to be the ones to pull out. And then everyone be like, well, how are they playing? And they're not. So there does feel like there's some synchronicity, e- even though there is a, there is a decent amount of you know programs in Conference USA where the, the tests are going to be too expensive for them going forward. And quite frankly, they've just struggled with COVID outbreaks, probably in part because the tests have been too expensive to, to really regulate uh, the, the virus. So um, yeah, I'd love to deliver some news. Like there's been the significant thing in the SEC or ACC or Big 12, but I just think they're going to they're going to press on until the indicators are otherwise. I think this week, again, it, it's now all small, small mile markers up to up to a potential exit. Right. You have does the eligibility piece, which we're supposed to know by the end of the week, prompt prompt opt outs. And if the eligibility piece, which the NCAA comes out and de- declares formally, OK, because the thing is, we've had, you know, a, a bunch of opt outs in college and kids don't really know what they're opting out to. Like all they know is their scholarship is secure for that year. And at those that have, you know, guaranteed four-year scholarships, they have that left. So if there is some sense of, okay, this is what happens when I opt out, you could see a lot more kids opting out. Also, too, say a season does start and you start 0-3, you're like, well, I could maybe just still opt out. You know, so like that exit, I do think becomes a uh, significant factor. And then the vote, I believe on Wednesday... Uh, about spring championships could be another indicator. The NCAA basically wants fall football to stop, right? Like Brian Hainline has pretty much come out and said it. An AD had a funny line to me. He said Mark Emmert woge-bombed his entire constituency by dropping that video (laughs) on Thursday night saying fall championships are gone. (laughs) Nobody knew that was coming. But like also no one was even outraged or surprised because that's just like Mark Emmert right now, living in his own little fantasy island of being in charge. So yeah, I, I, and Pat, you could, you could disagree with me. You could see some, some big potential pivot points this week. Obviously we're all tracking the news. We're all tracking virus outbreaks on campus to, to see if those maybe give us trend lines. But Pat, do you see anything, you know, definitive this week or anything tangible you're, you're tracking going forward? Yeah, no, I think it's all, it's all going to be based on reactive to what happens uh and yes the 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 d1 council and what they come out with and what happens on campus and we've started to see that you know dan alluded to it in the open there you know about the the rather predictable outbreaks but i mean north carolina's campus has got cluster bombs all over the place of the virus inspired headline in the daily tar heel referring to that (laughs) the you know Notre Dame's had a spike. Alabama, it looks like they're set up for one. Uh, I've heard from various campuses around the South where it's like nobody's wearing masks and everybody's getting together in huge groups. And, you know, we'll see if that leads to an inevitable spike on campus. And then the question, I think, becomes for those universities, well, you invited this 
and you took everybody's tuition money and room and board money, and then you're just going to shut them down and keep all the money. But that's kind of another issue beyond college football. As far as the the sport itself, yeah, I, I think that we are basically just kind of uh, in a little bit of a holding pattern. We will see what comes out of the council and how players react to that. The Big Ten situation, while remarkably messy, I just don't think a player petition and a bunch of angry parents are going to overturn anything. There was even a floated idea that this was an eight to six vote, which I don't think that was accurate for the presidents when they when they voted to uh, cancel the season. And the other thing, yes, is Pete, as you said, the, the Brian Hainline, Mark Emmert piece, the NCAA piece, and I've had a couple of administrators saltily tell me in leagues that are still playing, yeah, the NCAA is trying to guilt us into not playing. And, you know, we'll see whether that works. The NCAA so far has had no impact on anything. I'm not sure that's going to change now. But it is interesting to watch that unfold. And again, I think gets to maybe the root of power or lack of power from the NCAA. Everybody's like, yeah, we don't care what you say. We're going to do what we want. I think, you know, we're obviously taping Monday at noon now. I'll be fascinated to see if the Big Ten does deliver any specific rationale to, you know, we're almost going to be a week after that. And I do think there's been an information void that's that's gone unfilled. And quite frankly, if those other leagues had had capitulated like a lot of people had thought they would, then, you know, I don't think there'd be this sort of yearning for for a reasoning. But things have not fallen well for Kevin Warren. He obviously, as we spoke about in the last pod, did not perform well on that Dave Revson podcast, but they just haven't given a reason. So Larry Scott and the Pac-12, part of the reason why there's not a lot of anger or rancor, et cetera, from the Pac-12, we can joke because they can all go to the beach and drink wine, but they were also specifically given reasons why it was canceled. They were given medical reasons. They were given everything. So it's a big week for Kevin Warren and his constituency to articulate precisely why the league did come to those. He essentially needs to answer the Dave Revson questions, and he has yet to answer them yet. Now, if this was Jim Delaney, you know, you know, and, and there was a missed message. He had enough goodwill with his ADs or with his presidents where he could call a president and say, hey, you know, Wisconsin president, go to the Capitol Journal and lay out what happened in the room and kind of give me some cover. But like there there hasn't been that sort of manipulation of the message yet or mis- or, or just a, an addressing. So there's this there's this black hole. There's nothing else to talk about in the in that entire Midwest footprint. There's no other college sports to distract. And so I think the pressure is mounting on the Big Ten for some type of explanation from Kevin Warren. I, I kind of gave him a, a pass last week, just kind of saying, hey, new commissioner didn't didn't go well. But I, I do feel like the, the screws are turning there a little bit and uh, th- there needs to be some clarity. Totally agree. I mean, I've even seen the Arizona. I think it's the Arizona president came out, and did a local interview and yeah, explain yourself even before the Pac-12 pulled the plug, what we were hearing, and one of the reasons we were pretty confident the back to what was going to pull the plug is they were going to ha- be prepared to say Stanford doctors and UCLA, you know, this is what UCLA and Stanford doctors are saying, take it up with them, right? Yeah. Pass the blame. It's yeah. a lot harder if you're an angry fan, an angry player, an angry parent to yell at these doctors at Stanford <laughs> than it is to yell at the commissioner of the Big Ten whose son is playing at Mississippi State, yeah. right? So, Again, I don't think they've done it. They, I, I thought that there was some pretty strong leadership last week. It's very hard to make this decision. But, yeah, they need a website out that lists. He, here are the 15 reasons in no order. These yeah. are the 15 things we considered that said no. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And, I, and you want to put them all out there. Because they're really, when you talk to different people, 
there were so many different reasons to not do it. And I'm not saying I agreed with all of them, but the more people you talk to in the Big Ten, you heard different stuff. And at least you go, all right, this is really complicated. I hadn't thought of that or whatever. Put it out there. Make your case. Because right now they're look, the players, the parents, these are far more sympathetic figures. The public yeah. is going to rally, particularly the public that cares about this. A lot of people in, in I live in Big Ten country. I have not heard anybody screaming uh, when I just talk to people around friends and stuff. Maybe a few are like, gee, I wish they had waited. But most of it's like, yeah, you, you, there's no way to do this. This is this is hard. So I think there's some acceptance. Obviously, the loudest people are going to make are going to get the most attention. But I do think this part's been disappointing. Here's the thing, too, about these outbreaks on campus. Uh, this was 100 uh, percent obvious. Everyone knew it. We joked yeah. about it. I mean, come on. What's this is what's the standard? Are we are we going to all of a sudden go, well, there's an outbreak in this dorm at North Carolina, so we can't do it. Like what what's the number? Give me the the parameters of what you're talking about, and then I might care if yeah. there's an outbreak of a bunch of kids that went to a party somewhere. You know, even like the, this Notre Dame headline made tons of, it was like 50 kids. There's 10,000 people in Notre Dame. You know, like, I don't know. Like, is that bad? Is that good? Is it only good that we only have 50? I don't know. I just think, what are the parameters? And then I'm going to care if there's an outbreak. Or I'm going to at least pay attention to random stuff. Now, if I'm the Daily Tar Heel, and I will say the tremendous headline this morning. I don't. What was it? I think it that the headline was UN, UNC has a cluster beep on its hands. <laughs> tremendous student headline. Yes. The yes. student newspaper is supposed to write headlines like that. I mean, you're going to yeah. read, right? Yes. You're going. Yes. The headline is old school clickbait. It's like. <laughs> But if I'm a kid living in the dorm at UNC, that's exactly what I'm thinking, because I'm like, yeah. I'm not the one out at the sorority party or the f whatever. I didn't go to the bars this weekend. I'm hiding in my room. I don't want to get this. Yeah, I should have the right. And so good headline. But I'm not so sure any of this stuff. The player signatures, the, the liability, they are not backing. They're not reversing no. this. No, no. Unless there is a a significant scientific breakthrough. Maybe right. then. But to sit there and go, OK, we weren't going to play. But then some parents in Iowa wrote us a mean letter. <laughs> and now we are going to play. Did is they like, threaten orange slices? Was that? Yeah, like, <laughs> this is like like it's like, you know, one of those Hollywood like Aaron Brockovich finds the secret letter. You know, like I mean, you couldn't get a better defense exhibit than that. Wait, you said it wasn't safe. But then you felt bad for Mon Pa linebacker <laughs> yeah. Yeah. out in Cedar Rapids. And so you said, OK, it's not fair because Iowa State's playing. And I, that is not going to be a good legal defense. No shot of this. I don't blame them for, for expressing their rage. Whatever. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. I will say this. All of your kids just got an extra year of college education, a free year yeah. of college. Yeah. Okay, Use it. Yeah. I, I, it sucks they're not playing. Lots of things aren't playing. And Pat, you're a parent of a college athlete. So and you're a parent of three of them. You have a, a better thing. But at the worst case scenario is, oh, I just got an extra year of scholarship to the university of whatever in the Big Ten or the yeah. Pac-12. And I can maybe get ahead on a grad degree or I can make sure I complete my my undergrad in the grand scheme. I know how much you want to play, but you're going to be able to play. I, I'm not I, of all the things going on in America. I'm not going to cry a river 
for 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 somebody getting a free year of school. No, no, absolutely not. And that's the thing. Okay, yeah, for Justin Fields, look, he's going to go pro, and he wants to play. Good for him for wanting to play. But for the vast majority of these players, yeah, they are being given a chance to further their education with a greater degree of certainty that they're going to play and have a, a safe playing experience in 2021, 22, whatever the number is. I, if I were them, and Pete, you know, you alluded to it about the eligibility piece, hey, I, I'd be looking redshirt. That's what I would ask for. Redshirt me, uh, and let's make that the baseline there, and then, you know, we'll, we will pick up playing again next year, but I'll have that extra year. So uh, we'll see how many people avail themselves of that opportunity. But it's, uh, yeah, this is not like the worst thing that's ever happened to, to, to these people. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for my kid. It's been a mess. It's been a headache on 19 different levels. It has ruined a lot of careful planning. But everybody can survive this. Is she going back, Pat? To Stanford, if you don't yeah, she's asking. been back okay. there since July 5th. Uh, okay. They've been training Small group, really, basically, the national teamers are training there. And they're going to see, you know, there, there are no sports until January 1st. So the, the first half of their season is wiped out. And the second half is more what matters. The first half can matter a lot, too. I won't get into the weeds on it. But, you know, she's looking at a possible red shirt. And, okay. you know, we're just they're just hoping that the facility stays open. There's no classes on campus. No undergraduate yeah. classes on campus, but. And she's know. training for a once every four year, once yeah. in a lifetime potentially opportunity with an Olympic Games that was canceled, hundred percent, so, or postponed. So, yeah. and and That's, it's still not a hundred percent certainty in the spring in the summer of twenty twenty one. I hate to say that, but don't remind me. Yeah. Don't remind but me. But anyway, um, I just I don't see. I mean, again, I don't write your letters. That's good. Make your points. No. The Big Ten has not done a uh, has not done a great job in, in in explaining any of this. All right. How about this story I did over the weekend? The FDA approves this thing called Saliva Direct, which <laughs> I think someone on Twitter declared like, the, the worst sounding home <laughs> food delivery <laughs> brand. Yeah. For a great thing, it has a horrible name. Like, yeah. What right. the hell is this? Saliva Direct. Like, that's not, that doesn't sound good. Anyway, it is good. It is good. Okay. Uh, The NBA, the National Basketball Association may have saved us because they, a guy named Robbie Sika up in the Minnesota Timberwolves, a physician for them and a performance, vice president of performance for the Timberwolves, read this paper that Yale had out there about this. Uh, It is not brand new technology. Other schools are employing it, including, I think, Illinois, Rutgers, the Arizona schools, other people are doing it, but basically saw it, got the NBA and the NBA Players Association to fund the study with the idea that it could help colleges be open and all school, maybe even down to high schools, different stuff. There is no profit to be made in this. It is simply a procedure of a test that they say any uh, major lab could process within a couple hours. And basically, instead of doing that, uh, having your your brain scraped by whatever that thing is. I haven't had to do it, and I don't want to. <laughs> if nothing else, I hope this means I never have to get that thing. <laughs> you spit in a cup. They can yep. test it in an hour or two. Everybody has all the material, the solutions, and I'm not going to uh, make a fool out of myself describing whatever this process is. They, he is 100. I talked to Robbie Seco over the weekend. Extremely confident. Boom, scalable. You could be doing it next week. And it costs 
four bucks a test, five bucks a test. We're not sure, but not a lot. So if you are a football team, you can test every single day. You could test twice a day if you want. And with 90% efficiency, you're not going to have those false negatives like that screwed up Matthew Stafford for four days while you waited. You test 90% three times in a row, you're well over 99%. Sure. Cheap, bang. When someone's sick, you can pull them out. He thinks there'll be no outbreaks on a team if you're already employing all of the other standards, which they are, which is small groups, cleaning locker rooms, you know, uh, limiting 15-minute periods of time, all those things. He thinks it's a game changer. It will allow the teams to know who's Celtic every single day. It will control any outbreak. It should significantly help with a season, potentially. He doesn't want to get into predicting that, but he says in a, in a large group, hypothetically, or in general, I guess he was speaking, this, is how, this thing would work. Massive deal for society and a massive deal for football. To me, it almost guarantees the NFL is going to play. If this yep. is what is promised, the NFL is in tremendous shape. Is college? Perhaps. There also just could be, they're living in communities, as we said, where you are overwhelmed with the virus and everyone's going to get it anyway. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but the NFL, I think it was uh, today's stats. I just I, I tweeted it out this morning from Ben Volan of the Boston Globe. I mean, there are 2,600 players right now in the NFL in camps and all that. 15 have COVID. Yeah. Wow. Right. They are doing an amazing mm-hmm. job because they have some kind of bubble. It's, mm-hmm. you know, but you go to work, you go home. And you've limited yourself, the problem with college. So thoughts on this uh, saliva direct, the possibilities that this could really help as we move forward, if this thing is as operable as as it uh, appears to sound, the, the people who designed it uh, and the FDA has now approved it in an emergency basis. I spoke to uh, Matt Rule, Doug Marone, and Mike Vrabel this weekend, like guys I know from college who are now NFL head coaches and just kind of like dug in with them kind of three weeks in what, what their daily experiences have been like. And, you know, the, the intent in the, in the column I wrote for Yahoo on Monday was, you know, what can college learn from the NFL experience, which, again, three weeks in, like those stats you just referenced, has been an overwhelmingly positive experience. There's been hiccups, and I think there were 67 opt-outs. Um, but for the most part, the NFL pushing forward would be deemed a success in this very early sample size. And all those guys were very clear to say, look, we don't have all the answers. We know we have to be vigilant about this thing. They weren't cocky about it. But I mean, and there wasn't any like magic answer. Right. But like the daily testing and the contact tracing, whether it's a device or a bracelet with a red blinking light, those are basically the two guiding lights of their daily activity. So like if you sit down in a meeting room and you are five and a half feet away your red light blinks and you got to move a seat over. Like everything is so intricately monitored. Uh, Marone said the, the Jaguars have plexiglass individualized lunch. So if you're eating lunch and you're looking at your like fellow offensive linemen, there's like plexiglass between you. So I give the NFL a lot of credit. They went above and beyond. And my personal, very non-expert takeaway from this was until there's daily testing, and some type of better contact tracing than, hey, were you around him for how long? Or we're watching the practice film to, to monitor contact tracing. Until you can daily test and have some more refined contact tracing, not only within your own team, but then 
contact tracing rules for if you were exposed, how long you have to sit out and everything, it, it, it's going to be hard. But I was really heartened by those conversations because like there's a fairly clear path. Now, can the Mac schools afford digital contact tracing? I don't know. But I do know this, like companies are going to want to get their product out there. Like you can be you can be creative. But I, I agree, Dan, that the advent of, of daily testing and in the saliva testing, spit test, whatever you want to call it. And look, if you if you test negative, you immediately will go to PCR test and make sure it's right. If it's only 90 percent, like it just it's keeping the virus out of your program is going to be the uh, you know, is going to be the biggest thing going uh, going forward. I'm still skeptical that the saliva test can all of a sudden be widely available to all these college programs within the next couple of weeks. I hope to like, heck it can. I just, I, I don't know the, the way I understand scale and production, I, that doesn't make sense to me, but again, I'm not a uh, supply chain expert, nor am I an epidemiologist, but I mean, that was the first big, like stand on the table technological development in terms of football going forward that I think we've had in five, six months. Yeah, no, it's potentially huge. I, I think I would probably go instead of Saliva Direct with Jiffy Spit, something like that for the name. <laughs> you know, it's a little, a, little more, a little more catch to it, a little more hook. Um, if you win the Fauci Cup, you get a gift certificate to Jiffy Spit. To Jiffy Spit. <laughs> there you go. Jiffy Spit. <laughs> uh, no, I, look, if, if they can get it to those campuses this quickly, then bring it on, right? You know, if, it, if yeah. it's... If it uh, to your point, Pete, I get, I, and I don't know anything about supply chain, supply chain, but man, there, I mean, there's no supply chain. They yeah. already have these. The way it was explained to me is every okay. single lab, let alone pretty much any lab in America, mm -hmm. let alone ones at the university level. Okay, so maybe somewhere, but he's, I think he even said any lab yeah. has all of the material to do the test you're basically spitting in they put okay. some other solution i mean this is horrible right there's a scientist driving off the road and ready to kill himself because <laughs> i'm trying to explain <laughs> but they all have it yeah. so there's no there's okay. nothing to ship through the okay. post office right. um if you, <laughs> there's nothing to there's nothing to do here except here it is start spitting okay. in the cup this is this is how it works okay. and so it is almost instantaneously scalable is what nope. That's why this could be done. Again, it's already being done at a number mm -hmm. of places. Rutgers, Illinois, the Arizona. Yeah. I got this story, and this is, I, I don't even want to get into how this, I don't even know how this is, but they've been doing this in Vietnam since April. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so they, they've been using this technology in Vietnam, and I'll call it up. Vietnam has 100 million people. Okay. Yeah. And right. they have like 300 deaths. Yeah, no, it's been and I'm unbelievable like, I asked there. this guy, I'm like, why not? This is not uh, Robbie Sika, the NBA or anybody else. It was just a, someone pointed this out to me on Twitter. And I'm like, I, I just I'm just like, well, why didn't we have this? Yeah. Like what? what? Why? I mean, yeah. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> We're right. I mean, I hate to be arrogant, but this is the damn United States of America. What the? I mean, wait, what? So this thing seems to. It, look, if you think about it, it works, right? If I know every single day, and you don't even need to go to the, you can do the more the more accurate, but statistically, if you take a 90% test twice, you'll be at 99% accuracy. Yeah. So you just keep taking it. And it, again, it, it, you just spit in the cup, boom, two hours later, you're good. So amazing opportunities. They designed this for schools in general. This is not about sports. The NBA for all the criticism it gets and probably deserves on, on certain things has a 
has has a culture of like serving the greater good. Yeah. And they're adamant that like if we can do this and even get this, the goal was like the test would be a dollar forty. At which times, you know, you might be able to do the whole high school, you know, your yeah. local high yeah. school or something. Get into these underserved communities, set things up to to provide not just, hey, can Harvard do this? Yeah, Harvard can do whatever the hell it wants. But can, you know, Brooklyn Lincoln High School do it? No. So but how do we do that? So there's an element or some rural high school. Well, maybe you can. Maybe it's so easy and it may not be this easy this point where a a school you know, a school has to hire one physician to, or one lab technician to go through this. Right. So obviously changes the dynamics. So that that's I just wanted to bring that up. But they think it's it's bang. It's not like, can we get all these kits out or or do we have to get this out to anywhere? These swabs or these these and it's just boom, do it anyway. Back to your point. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it, that's the thing then. OK, then let's start doing it this week. Right. Let's start. I would love to hear schools. And if you're going to do it, publicize it. Let us know how it's going. And this goes back to an earlier point that you made, Dan. Let us know the real data, okay? Like thresholds for how many people have to be tested positive for a school to shut down, for a football program to shut down, for an athletic department to shut down. Let us know when, if you're going to change your testing protocol to implement Jiffy Spit. Let us know that you're doing that and then tell us how it's going in specific terms. We get some information from some schools. A lot of it's very vague. Uh, we find out who there an X number of positive tests. We don't find out if they're seriously ill. We don't find out, you know, hospitalized if they've been, you know, knocked out of practice for three weeks or anything like that. Workouts. Uh, I just I, I I think some more concrete answers would help everybody feel a little more sure going forward towards playing or unsure. But either way, I think more information is better. One of the things that was very glaring from talking to those NFL guys over the weekend, and this is very obvious, but like it was like, oh, this is simple because there's leadership. Everyone's doing the same thing. There's clearly delineated rules. The reporting is exactly the same. Right. Like yeah. like. Going forward, you know, in college sports uh, amid all this, like the fact that not everyone is all reporting the same thing, like in a lot of these leagues, there's like no central database. So like you don't yeah. know what your opponent is doing. Like they have there has just been a complete lack of transparency that I think is really a failure of leadership. And it's because there's no centralized leadership. And then, the well, if they're not doing it, we're not doing it. One league says to the other. And I just really think that is undercut the whole mission because there's this veil of secrecy. Everybody's trying for an edge and it all just looks petty and stupid because it's safety. It's at stake. And so like. You know, like Vrabel very quick in our conversation was like, well, I mean, it's hard to compare because, you know, the players have an organized union and they've <laughs> negotiated this. And it's like, yeah, that really does <laughs> that really does solve a lot of issues, Mike. I would I would I would hate to disagree with you there. But I, I just really think that as college just is this sputtering disparate mess and the NFL is chugging on with an air of inev inevitability, lack of leadership is the the thing you have to pinpoint first. All right. Uh, along those lines, and this is this is why the major conferences first canceled non-conference football games, because they didn't know they couldn't hold everyone to the same standard. It's bad enough in, in even in your own league to try to do it. But if you don't, the NFL has that ability of trusting that everyone's doing the same stuff or they will be punished significantly. We don't even know what if there would be punishments on um, 
college in, you know, inside of a league or whatever. But we did have this comment I thought was interesting. It set this up because there's all sorts of like, what well, you can't catch is COVID from conference opponents, but not non-conference. Well, possibly. Uh, Liberty, Liberty, our old friends, Hugh Freeze from the dentist chair. He's out of the <laughs> dentist chair. Uh, Hugh Freeze made a comment at a press conference <laughs> They play three ACC opponents, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and NC State. They're scheduled to. And he said, we've gone over two weeks without anyone even needing a test because no one has screened with any symptoms. Everyone's out of quarantine. We haven't had a positive in over three weeks, so we're blessed right now. So that's great uh, if it was true, and we don't know. That's not how this works. (laughs) At least you kind of thought a- most people had figured out how this would work by now, especially people making a million dollars coaching in a higher place of higher education. I don't know how. Again, I want to know, and this is why I just get frustrated with all this. How many tests? How many positives? Is too many positives? I don't know. Right. But so I'm not one who says, "Well, it's one test, shut the season down." But you have to test. You can't just sit there and go, "If no one's sick," <laughs> I mean. You don't go through your life never testing for like like colon cancer. You have to have yeah. screenings because right. you won't know until it's too late. Right. right. This is how diseases work. I don't know what to tell you. Well, you know, Syracuse A.D. John Wildhack uh, came out strong on this. Coach Freeze's comments describing Liberty's inadequate approach to COVID testing to COVID-19 testing are deeply troubling and pose a threat to the health and well-being of our student athletes, coaches and staff. The ACC has very clear testing protocols in place that all scheduled non-conference moments must adhere to. Syracuse refuses to put members of our football team and our campus community in a position that could potentially compromise the rigorous public health and safety strategy we put in place. We will continue. our. So he's not happy. Uh, and I would imagine that Liberty game, it may not happen unless they can prove of what they're doing. Now, maybe the the spit test, the what did you call it? Jiffy spit. Jiffy spit. <laughs> Jiffy spit will will solve Liberty's problems. But this is where we're at in this. This is why this sport was always going to be so hard. Uh, it's too many teams, too many menta- different mentalities. This is how Liberty's handling it. Well, <laughs> Syracuse is like, no, nah, that's not how we're handling it. Uh, Syracuse and Liberty don't have a whole lot in common. You know, these are just two different places. So uh, one of the uh, one of the particularly troubling uh, aspects uh, of this as we go forward. Well, first of all, Sully has a lot of pressure on him to come up with a good Jiffy Spit logo for social media this week. So, Sully, consider (laughs) consider the gauntlet thrown down by Mr. Forty's good line there. Uh, Second, props to the Syracuse players who basically have now not practiced twice because of the cluster that has gone on with uh, with with testing, and they basically were the ones that pointed out how screwed up Liberty was. So it, John Wildhack didn't say that until his players walked out, and then John Wildhack went out and was like, got all chesty. Well, no, really, the, the no, but that's that's fine. I'm just kind of given the given the chronology. Like John Wildhack only made that statement after his players didn't practice for uh, the second time, and I believe it became a, it became a third time because they weren't happy with the amount they were being tested. So right. give them credit for doing the research, understanding it, and poor Hugh Freeze. If you're cheating the system, don't <laughs> admit you're cheating the system. That would be like being like. Laramie came here because we paid him 125 grand in cash and Georgia wouldn't. That's essentially what you just said out loud in terms of testing. Like, of all the dumb things Hugh Freeze has said out loud in his career, and there are a lot of them. This oh, one so was many. like, I mean, they were basically 
trying to run the virus through their team. If you are not testing, if you are only testing symptomatics, and look, schools in the SEC were doing this too. Like people are just getting, have gotten away with this a lot because there's been no transparency, because there's been no rules, because there's no leadership, and because the players don't have a voice, all right? The one group of players gets a voice and it totally disrobes Liberty's whole plan and leadership. And it was just a, just a complete cluster exposed by just players standing up for their rights and their health. And so, yeah, I really just think like not even having the fundamental understanding, the smartest dude in the world was that Liberty Corner who or the two Liberty Corners who bailed before the season. They saw this mess coming a mile away and they didn't think they were going to be taken care of and they didn't think they were respected on campus and they bounced and good for them because they, uh, they, they, they read this fortune cookie from a while ago and said sayonara. That, you know, the thing, I'll come back to something I have said on more than one occasion in recent years. Why is anybody scheduling Liberty? Why? Because <laughs> the athletic director, Ian McCaw, was fired from Baylor for overseeing a disaster. Hugh Freeze was fired from Ole Miss for a disaster on multiple levels. And I'm not even saying you have to make it a moral judgment on who was on Hugh Freeze's phone and who wasn't. But there's not a whole lot in college sports to say, yeah, good for you, Hugh Freeze. Good for you, Ian McCaw. And then there's the president of the university who has been rather willful regarding this entire virus. You know, he was the one back uh, that they opened up campus immediately back in like April when every other school in America was shut down. Been caught with his pants down, you could say, here recently and uh, <laughs> is now on a forced leave of absence. I mean, the school is an embarrassment. Why are you scheduling Liberty, anybody? Let him go off and find somebody else to play. Don't enable this program to have a D1 or an FBS football program. Well, whatever, man. They ain't doing that. <laughs> Pat, I think your invitation to the Lynchburg <laughs> Touchdown Club has been rescinded yeah, for 2021. <laughs> Fine. <All right>. Okay. <laughs> man, there ain't, no, there ain't no saints in college football. So, I mean, Hugh Freeze and these guys – Man, let's you start casting stones in this in this sport, and uh, it's not going to go so well. So I mean, what's the, what do you what's the advantage of scheduling Liberty? I don't know what the advantage. They beat them. Mm -hmm. You can beat them. Mm -hmm. or at least you think you can beat them. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm not. I I think they can still field a team. Uh, it's like scheduling you know. Buffalo. It's just geographically different. It's the it's the it's it's my alma mater's pedestrian football program trying to get to six and six. Although ridiculously, they also played at Liberty last year. They opened there. Yes, they that did. Was that, the, that, that was the, the dentist that was chair the, game. Yeah. No, that was that was before the dentist chair game. That was the doctor bed game. The dentist chair was at Louisiana Lafayette. Yes. Apologies. Uh, apologies. Uh, I'm uh, getting sorry. my I'm getting my hospital bedding mixed up. <laughs> Forgive me. It's been a long pandemic. Uh, yes. yes. Cause I remember J our old Yahoo intern, Josh Schaefer took the picture, took one of the pictures of freeze being zoomed onto the press <laughs> conference from the hospital bed with his diet Coke <laughs> positioned in front of it. Oh, bed. right. Right. <laughs> and Hey, look now, maybe they were forward thinking cause everybody's going to zoom their press conferences from now on. So, yeah. Not, yeah, I mean, it's, it, look, this is a terrible look. I, I'm not here to defend <laughs> Liberty football, but we take all kinds in college football, Pat. We let them all play. We get, do. Get, except this. I would not play mm -hmm. them. I mean, there's no question. Mm -hmm. A head coach that feels, this is the thing. He expressed this without any, this wasn't like anybody caught them. He just came no. out and bragged about it. <laughs> like, so <laughs> what's he, do, what is he doing 
that what is going on at Liberty <laughs> that you are hiding? Because <laughs> like if this is just hey, good news, we haven't had to test anybody because no one's sick here, and uh, the virus like whoa, like this is the basic. I, I mean, I don't know, man. There's a lot of like deniers and wackos out there, but like the basic thing is we got to get our hand on the testing. I think that's pretty universal on this thing. And we may find out if we can test everybody every single day in this country. If you think this is overblown, that's fine. I, none of us are experts. We don't know. You can have any opinion you want in this country. It's beautiful. Many of the opinions of this country are absolutely nuts. That's also the beauty of this place. I love it. But if you think this is overblown, this testing could prove you're right. But you yeah. don't sit there and go, oh, wait, don't worry about it. Not here. Not mm -hmm. here. Uh, so I would not play Liberty this year. No question. <laughs> and I would be I would be because Lord knows what they're doing. If this is what you just casually admit at a press conference, like I really love our two deep in the secondary. It's looking really good. Oh, and by the way, we don't even have to test because no one's got the sniffles. Uh, all right. First thing you learned about this stupid virus was like you can have it and spread it to like 100 people without even knowing it. Like that was that's pretty much we learned that one on like March 8th, yeah. if not sooner. OK, so yeah, whenever anyway. Rudy Gobert was walking I mean, around touching all the microphones. Yeah. Like, what know? is Liberty going to like next week? We're going to go visit a, a nursing home. All the players. <laughs> I mean, like what, <laughs> what bad ideas are you coming up with out at Liberty? <laughs> so I wouldn't play them this year, but I'm not ready to just disband the program. Pat, I think you one one step too far. One they don't have to far. disband, but just if I were the AD from somewhere else and they called to schedule me, I'd laugh them off the phone. So let's go to this, though. This is the lack of central authority. And we talk about this with the NCAs pretty much, you know, we're getting these weird statements of uh, fall sports shouldn't happen. They're trying to kind of bully things quiet, I think is absolutely true. The leagues are not being bullied. Don't watch. I think it's well established. I refuse to watch cable news on any time. But I certainly don't watch at 1230 on Saturday night or something. <laughs> the the NCA sent Brian Hayline, their their medical expert or their top medical person out to to go on the middle of the night CNN to basically declare unless testing changes, which it may be. We can't play fall sports. Not really effective communication. <laughs> like that's who's watching this. What are the ratings at that? They're probably huge. I don't even know. But it's not me. But you might be better off if you put out, again, a website that answers frequently asked questions and all this stuff. And this is why we think. And get you know what, Emirate? Four million. Get out in front of the camera. Talk. If you, if you want to advise, I mean, it would be significant if the NCAA said, we don't think anybody should be playing football this fall. Now, it may cause the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 to be like, we're no longer in the NCAA. But <laughs> it should be a little care. But, like, what is this? What what is going uh, on? Well, I mean, their idea of communication throughout this whole thing has been, not surprisingly, a bit out of touch with what most other people's com consumption habits are for information. I mean, they have done this social series weekly, and there's been some pretty good stuff on a lot of it. It's at Friday at 7 o'clock, which... Well, we were all in complete lockdown. Okay, Friday at 7 o'clock is about like Thursday at 2, is about like Monday at 5, whatever. But throughout the summer, when people start getting out and doing more stuff, not a lot of people are sitting around on Friday at 7 o'clock waiting to hear from the NCAA on this, you know? 
And then no, you go- no. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing, Pat? <laughs> Shockingly, I, I, you know, I'll I'll open up the grill and get a beer and sit in the backyard with my neighbors and things at, like that. Yeah, as opposed at, seven, to- at seven o'clock on Friday night, I want to hear about Mark Emmert unless he's bringing me a cocktail. All right, that's the only way. <laughs> exactly, unless he's handing it to you. But yeah. then the the. The the Woj bomb is as uh, Pete put it the Emmert bomb on on Thursday and I was sitting that's like five thirty and then this did I not go over well. I checked to see if it was fake because I was like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, like Mark and I said in my column, Mark Emmert pops his head out of the fortress of solitude. We haven't heard from him in a significant way in how long? And all of a sudden, with no warning, bang! Fall sports are canceled. You can hear more about your sport being canceled if you tune into the NCAA Social Series at 7. I mean, they basically use that as a tease to get people to watch their web show. I mean, if I'm a soccer player, I'd be real (laughs) happy about that. Real happy. What is this, Netflix? Come on. (laughs) I'm not watching your stupid reality. What is web series? (laughs) I don't want to watch your web series. Sounds like a work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Give me the cliff notes, baby. This is college. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the tutor to explain this? In a cluster. <laughs> yeah. That NC State, NC paper, Daily Tar Heel, this can be. They could just yeah. put that thing. Yeah. <laughs> that could run across the banner of USA Today tomorrow. College journalism <laughs> nerds are just beaming oh, today. <laughs> Frame it. All three of us fall under that category. Frame Absolutely. It. You always want to swear in a headline if you can. Yes. And oh, the yeah. only way you can is if you're the guy making the calls 21, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so what do they do? Yeah. I always, we used to always say that. That's why my line about Yahoo, our paper was free. You get what you pay for. You don't pick it up. You can <laughs> pay for the damn daily collegion. Of course it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did you guys expect? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Well, the most like quintessential SEC kerfuffle unfolded uh, last week on a uh, on a conference call where essentially the four or five teams that felt like they got shafted by the SEC. And let's be very clear here. They did get shafted by the SEC. There's no like statistical def- defense for how the SEC came up with this formula for the two extra conference opponents. So if you're Arkansas, for example, traditional cellar dweller, I believe winless in the league last year, they just happen to draw Georgia and a road trip to Florida. And if you're Kentucky, you just have to go to Alabama and then you play Ole Miss. Or if you're Missouri, you just draw that like, you know, breezy duo of at LSU against Alabama. If you're Tennessee, as Sully probably well knows, all you have to do is go to Auburn and then play Texas A&M. I mean, pretty pretty easy draw. Vandy just gets LSU and then goes on the road to, uh, to, to Mississippi State. So essentially, the obvious hypocrisy that came in with this in terms of giving the worst programs the hardest games and vice versa was brought up because if you're the coach of one of the have-nots, you're obviously not going to be happy that you were just scheduled two more losses and Nobody wants to go one and nine. And so there was a chorus of have not coaches that brought this up. And there was a there was a consistent ask for the formula that they came up with. And the SEC did not have a lot of uh, answers. Uh, One coach uh, told ESPN that it would have made good reality TV, which I think we can all uh, I think we can all sit here and, and nod our heads in agreement that a bunch of angry SEC coaches asking for a formula that doesn't exist to uh, to the administrators there would have been uh, would have been fairly uh, clever uh, 
Pat, how, how would you see that conversation going? Oh, I'm sure it was high on bile, uh, <laughs> low on facts, but, but you know, <laughs> it, the, uh, it would be great reality TV. Gosh, does the SEC have a television network? Could they maybe? Oh, no, that's probably not the kind of programming the conference office is going to approve of, and we know that it all gets approved by the conference office. So too bad for us on that. But uh, it was hilarious. It's classic SEC. I mean, there is no doubt that they are giving the best teams the easiest road to get to a maybe theoretical playoff with what they're scheduling there. The SEC is the complainingest, conspiracy theorist, angriest conference in the country, which is part of its charm. But I also thought it was a little bit un toward in the middle of what everybody's going through. And all we're trying to do is have a football season. And everybody's like, ah, my schedule's too hard. This isn't fair. <laughs> I think it's Cecil Hurt, who is stealth hilarious on Twitter from Tuscaloosa, oh, said great. it's like, you know, arguing who gets the window seats on the Hindenburg. You know? <laughs> <laughs> great line by Cecil. Cecil has like one a week where you're like, yep, yeah. yep, yeah. he's funny. Yeah. He is a riot. Uh, yeah. yeah, Petty Petty knows no. Everybody's like that, though. It's This is America. We're like, you know, well, you know, uh, we just got to sacrifice. I'll take anything. And now they're yelling at like, I, all I want to do is go out to eat one time. And then they're yelling because they're, they're, they're mozzarella sticks are cold. <laughs> right. You know, like, <laughs> like yelling at the, I mean, it's like, okay. I mean, this is who we are. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's like, just play. But yeah. if we have a season, I don't know. I don't know. I, anyway, I'm more hopeful than ever. I think spit, Jiffy Spit will do it. There we go. I think it's going to be a big thing. I don't know. Uh, it's my thing with Jiffy Spit. It eliminates one or a couple hurdles. Maybe we get a little closer. It certainly would be awesome if the we find out if all this pettiness becomes a thing. All right. Since science is now a big part of our life, I, you know, I've, I've been studying up. I know a lot more about science. Uh-oh. Here we go. Damn near a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I have I'm too alarming. I'm damn near a supermodel. <laughs> damn near a supermodel. Also, one. I'm about as close on both occasions. <laughs> and this is our our ongoing concern about the future of the human race. Now we we know animals are attacking us. They're they're rallying. Mm -hmm. They're they're using this COVID thing to, to distract us. Also, okay, this was a somewhat alarming headline. Uh, that I wasn't expecting, although I don't blame it. I don't blame not the headline, but the the subject of the headline is the moon drifting away from Earth. <laughs> really? I mean, if I'm the moon, I'm getting the hell out of here too. <laughs> I would social distance from this train wreck of a planet too. Yes. I mean, how bad are things moon. going on Earth when even our only moon? <laughs> We have one moon and it's like, <laughs> no, nope. we're not one of these countries or these planets like Saturn that cheat on their moon and have like seven or 20 moons or whatever, like a harem of moons. Yeah, we're not. We have one moon. We are loyal to our moon. We've landed there a couple of times, but pretty much we let the moon do as it wants. We're not bothering the moon. The moon uh. is running from us. <laughs> okay. Uh, scientists shoot laser beams. Let me read this up. Several occasions over the last decade, scientists, which I am almost one of, have fired <laughs> laser beams at reflector panels placed on the moon. And uh, 
it takes 2.5 seconds for the laser to return to Earth. So they shoot it wow. up there, get the fast reflection. Fast laser. Fast Very laser. fast. Speed of light. Mm-hmm. That would be, yeah, uh, it'd be a fast, uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah, know, yeah. SEC speed. They could do the 4-3-40. 2.5 seconds to the moon and back. That's pretty fast. That'll get you some, yeah, that's a lockdown corner. The signals <laughs> they receive back this time indicate they are, the Earth, it's getting longer. The Earth mm. and the moon are slowly drifting apart at the rate in which fingernails grow, or 1.5 inches per year. I did not know you only grow your fingernail 1.5 inches. Hmm. So not, I mean, it's not running, but are you concerned, Pat Forty, that the moon is leaving? And what what would this do to us if the moon, (laughs) well, the moon is entering the transfer portal? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I can understand drifting apart after all this time together. And, you know, I mean, we would have to answer some questions from the neighbors. Hey, what happened to the moon? You know, I mean, you guys, you guys were apart. You guys were a couple. And now all of a sudden the moon's gone. And, you know, we, we have to tell Venus why that happened. We got to tell Mercury and Mars. And it would be awkward. But I think we would have to own up in those conversations. Say, look, you know, we've been a bad spouse. We, we as Earthlings. We've been a bad spouse. Look at the crap we've done. Look at the, we left a bunch of junk up there on the moon. We, you know, we left these solar reflector panels and golf balls that the (laughs) astronauts hit and a bunch of other garbage. I don't blame the moon for being mad at us. Not at all. Which way is the moon shading? That's what I want to know. Like, is the moon looking for another orbit or what? Like, you know, is it, is it giving Venus the side eye? Is it, is it I and Pluto? Like where, where's the moon? Where's the moon headed? Cause you know, if the moon just wants to watch Indiana play Northwestern this year and can't, is a little burnt by that and is just trying to turn away, fine. But, you know, I, I, I just I'd be a little offended if the moon started to, uh, you know, did enter the transfer portal and started looking uh, looking for another suitor. Got to look at our own self. Man. A- another gravitational pull. <laughs> um, I believe that uh, the moon is uh, is swiping right. On that galactic, <laughs> it's got its eyes on Venus. Hot little number, hot yeah. little number up there. Yeah, can't deny uh, that. Mercury hot. even like hotter than some though. degrees. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know which direction it's going. I just know that the the laser beam technology that we scientists understand um, have made this uh, pretty <laughs> <We> clear. <laughs> uh, and then uh, finally, how many science uh, classes did you take at UMass, Dan? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Many. I some. Figured, yeah. <laughs> Many. Many. Yeah. Some. Dance something. 50 pounds away from being a supermodel and 150 credit hours away from being a scientist. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right. And then finally, there's this. In case we didn't have enough things to worry about, meteorologists in California noted during a forest fire, uh, there was also a tornado hit. And we got the, quote unquote, fire NATO. <laughs> a fire NATO. Awesome. Awesome. We've heard of we've heard of Shark NATO. Yeah. Quality quality entertainment on Shark NATO. And you thought it can't be true. If you remember the plot of Shark NATO, tornadoes would hit near the ocean and suck up sharks and then shoot them and lots of water into like houses and stuff. And like all of a sudden there's a shark in your living room. Very plausible. Yes. Well, now this seems to be real. That's not good. The f- the fire was capable of producing fire-induced tornadoes and outflow winds in the excess of 60 miles per hour. So uh, it creates fire, smoke, and dirt uh, rising in a vortex above the blaze. 
I, I don't. I'm ready to give up. <laughs> it's a bad development. You know, it's been a bad year. And now we got this, the fire tornado in uh, Lassen, Lassen County, California. If you live in Lassen, I'd give up. I do not live in Lassen yeah. County, California. I don't even know where it is. But if I did, I would be terrified of a fire NATO. <laughs> a tornado is bad enough. A fire is bad enough. These two getting together is not the partnership we needed. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, if you're in Lassen County, you, you, you kind of the, the bottom of that county dips over towards Reno, Nevada. Uh, this would be a great time to go take up time at the casino in Reno, gamble for a few days, weeks, months, move yourself there for years and get away from the fire tornado. This is not what we need. California, beautiful state, but my gosh, the stuff that happens there geologically, weather wise, everything else. Yikes. Have the murder hornets met the fire <laughs> tornadoes yet? And who would win if they did? A fire tornado is going to take that out. <laughs> Can't, what if the murder hornets were moved geographically by the fire tornadoes that's, and fueled them? That's, well, that's what it. I'm worried about. Yeah, we don't that's, want them joining forces. That's the fear. That's the yeah. fear. But in terms of just of of, I mean, the fire tornado is almost unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always said. Remember, we I think we had this debate which call we can do it again, but which college mascot would win if we all fought? And I think we came up with just a hurricane because it just rain on you till you drown. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop it how do you stop the fire nato i don't know that's the thing i mean other than you need a hurricane to stop it you need a rain on it you know what else do you do i don't know it, i mean is get this on what the, the people on twitter talk about when they mention fear porn i think this is fear porn <laughs> it's working this on is, me okay i'm afraid i will not be in that county in california i may no. just get on the moon and leave the slow, <laughs> slow boat slow boat to mercury <laughs> slow boat to venus We'll have uh, another episode later in the week. More updates. Keep it with us. We've been keeping it real with you the whole time. Uh, positive, opt up and down. That's a stock market. We'll see. We're open. We're we're closing in, but we got some hope this week. This weekend, we'll see. Leave us a nice review. Tell your friends about it. Share us on social media. Our ratings keep going up and up and up and up. It's great. Appreciate all of uh, everyone listening, uh, subscribing, and all that. So we'll be back later in the week. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.